Hi everyone, and welcome back to Bold, a bouldering podcast. In the beginning of July, I completely ruptured my A2 pulley in my right ring finger. And this, next to Corona, severely dented my motivation for this podcast and bouldering in general. After a month and a half of rest, I got another scan today at the hospital. It looks like the pulley has retached, swelling and scar tissue is almost completely gone. I'm feeling a lot better now, ready to strengthen those damaged tissues. If you'd like to hear more about how I handled this injury mentally and physically, feel free to let me know. I just wanted to say sorry for being out of the game for a while. But today... After a long hiatus, I'll be delving into bouldering technique. What does it entail, and how do you train it? Disclaimer, I'll be using the World Wide Web, my own experience, and multiple books on the topic, such as Rock Climbing Technique by John Kettle, Better Bouldering by John Sherman, and more. But I'm not a licensed trainer or a professional climber. I'm just a guy that likes to read up about these topics, so don't take my word for it, although I suggest you do if you want better technique. I'll be dividing this episode into three chapters. Chapter 1. Mental approach. Chapter 2. Specific bouldering skills. And chapter 3. Technique intuition. And before I get on with it, I'd like to thank you all for continuing to listen to my previous episodes. Since my last episode, we've averaged 200 plays per week and we're almost at 5,000 plays in total now. So, keep sharing with your friends and your foes. Now, onto some technique. Chapter 1. Mental Approach The way you mentally approach a given boulder has a lot of effect on what you get out of it. Now, sometimes I get so uptight and frustrated with life that I go to the gym to unwind, walking around like some sort of gorilla set on revenge, pulling holes here and there, flinging all over the place. Now, this is, of course, the opposite mental approach to what you should do to gain technique. My mind is frustrated and enraged in this scenario. I might boulder quite strong, fueled by this rage, but I won't learn anything in terms of actual technique. Now You could make a point that you might gain perseverance or learn how to try harder though. But if you really want to improve your bouldering technique, you'll need one thing in particular. Now luckily, we as humans are born with this cursed gift, consciousness. We need to be conscious of our actions if you want to change or improve them. You need to be aware And this is what I call a conscious approach to bouldering. You want to be aware of the moves before, during and after you did them on a boulder. Beforehand, you plan out the moves, visualizing in your mind ways to optimize flow and minimize energy use. During the climb, you want to not only be aware that you're bouldering, but feel your fingers gripping and pulling, your shoulders engaging and locking when needed feet and legs tensing up under guidance of a pushing big toe. And afterwards, you want to analyze your performance. Did you flow through the boulder? Where did the track stutter? Go back and analyze how you can improve. 
Now, next to this conscious approach to your body, the climb and the movements in between the two, we also want to be aware of our own mind. Now, when you fall on a climb, control your breathing and stay calm. An upset mind will only siphon consciousness away from the movement. Take three minutes, focus on your breathing, and return to the boulder with a conscious mind. And when necessary, I even close my eyes for a while to reduce sensory input. Next to a conscious approach and calm mind, I'd also advise to have a goal-oriented mindset. When training technique, you want to gain insight into your own movement, capabilities, and restrictions. This is your goal. If you ever feel kind of aimless during a technique-oriented session, sit down for a minute and focus back on this goal. And by the way, the restrictions that you find along the way should be your guideline to what technique aspects you should train. Try and steer clear from habit laziness. We always want to do what we're good at, and that way it's easy to get trapped in the habit of always or mainly bouldering one certain style. So a quick recap. The three pillars on which the mental approach for technique stand are 1. A conscious approach 2. A calm mind and 3. A goal-oriented mindset. Let's move on to the next chapter. Chapter 2. Specific bouldering skills. If you want to solve a puzzle, it's very important that you have access to all the pieces. Otherwise, it'd just be impossible to solve and very frustrating indeed. You might have felt exactly like this when you try to approach a boulder outside of your capabilities. I already touched on the mental approach to technique training, but knowledge of specific bouldering skills is needed to perform these skills. You might find skills like um, heel or toe hooking on your own, but knowing that they exist and when they are used is extremely helpful. I'll go into some of these right now and try to be aware of their existence and implement them in your possible solution to future boulder problems. I'll define them in a quick fashion and afterwards touch on the best ways to train them. The heel hook. Climber utilizes their heel to hook over or on a hold to pull the climber in that direction or support the climber's weight. Some climbing shoes have heel cups specifically adapted for this purpose. And this skill is mostly used in overhanging routes. The toe hook. And this move is used almost solely to hold tension, unlike the aforementioned heel hook where there's a pulling toward involved. The tension itself in the toe hook comes mostly from the leg. If possible, keep that leg straight. And this skill is also mostly used on overhanging routes. The bicycle. Now this is also used to hold tension while you're moving your arms. You'll want to push with one foot on the hold and pull with the other on the opposite side of the hold. These opposing forces will then create the grip you need. Flagging. Standing on one foot with the other to the side creates better balance on the wall. There are a couple variations to this skill. You can just wave out one leg to the side or cross it inside or outside your other leg. Experiment with these options and 
feel what feels better on which type of wall and which type of hold. The corkscrew. If you want to reach a far hold that's high up, crouch down on your footholds and twist up while releasing a hand. Now this skill creates momentum and makes it easier to reach those far holds. The pendulum. A variation on the corkscrew. If you want to reach a hold to the side, sway your hips left to right and utilize the momentum again, but now use it to catapult one arm to the side towards the next hold. Now, the last bit of specific technique that I'll cover is uh, grip position. Knowledge of the difference in grip positions is very important if you want to be conscious about your bouldering. Reduce injury risk and select the best grip type for the hold that you're bouldering on. There are three main grip types. First one is drag. Now this one is the healthiest for the fingers since you don't flex them past 120 degrees. Your fingers are almost straight. This is an open grip type that doesn't have that big of an effective pull range. So you'll want to use this one for climbs that you can control. Since once you aren't hanging directly under an open-handed grip, you'll slip off the wall. Number two is the half crimp. This is the healthy alternative to a full crimp. You're still creating a sharper angle with your fingers between 90 and 120 degrees, but you're not completely pulling down into a full crimp where your last finger joint is pointed inwards and the thumb is on top of the index finger. And now this half crimp with a slight angle and a thumb down is my preferred grip type. Make sure to keep that pinky on that hold though. Number three is the full crimp. Now this is when your last finger joint is bent inwards and your thumb is adding extra pressure on top. Often used to pull on the tiniest holds, this grip type is also the most dangerous to the soft tissues or sinew in our fingers, such as tendons, ligaments and pulleys. The upside to this grip type is more grip on smaller holds and a significantly larger effective pull range, meaning you don't need to hang directly under the grip to stay on the wall. I advise myself, my friends and all of my listeners to mainly stick to open hand or half crimp positions. Keep the full crimp for hard projects outside. It might be worth the risk a little bit more. Now, Training these specific skills that I just mentioned starts with remembering that they exist. As I mentioned before, I recommend going into the gym looking for specific routes that incorporate, for example, a heel hook and try to repeat the route multiple times until the heel hook feels natural and not forced. You want to search for routes that incorporate your personal weaknesses. If you want to, you can also try and spot unnecessary heel hook options or toe hook options, etc., you might be climbing a route where a heel hook isn't needed at all, but you could put one in there. Then feel free to do so if you still want to practice this technique or skill. But again, the most important aspect here is knowing that these tricks or skills exist and actively looking for them. So if you're interested in more info on these specific skills, feel free to check out John Kettle's book on rock climbing technique. And now let's move on to the last chapter. Chapter 3 Technique Intuition Knowing about specific skills is important, 
But in my opinion, there's another aspect that plays a bigger role in technique, and that is intuition. The feeling that you know how to do the moves. You grip the holds and instinctively feel where you should go and which skills you need to use. Now, this isn't a trait that some people are born with and some aren't, although genetics could play a small factor. This so-called intuition can be trained in various ways. The first chapter on conscious approach could already help with that, but here I'll discuss five exercises to gain technique intuition. Exercise 1. Boulder a lot of roots that are below your maximal strength output and still incorporate some of your weaknesses. For example, my weakness is a heel hook, so I might search for easier roots that incorporate a heel hook. Now climb these roots with the correct mental approach as discussed in chapter 1. You can do this to warm up before or cool down after a session. Exercise 2. Boulder slowly. I like to do this one mainly at the end of a hard session. Repeat some boulders that incorporated skills that you weren't familiar with yet in slow motion. Try and feel in control and be extra aware of tension points. Where does the difficulty reside in your own body and can you control or change it? Exercise 3. To warm up before a session, you can try and find a piece of slab wall to claim for 15 minutes and now try and stay on this wall the whole time, moving around as much as possible while using the least amount of energy possible. You don't want to be out of breath and you want to rely mostly on footwork and technique to move around. Exercise 4. Repeat the same route over and over. 10 times isn't even too much. While repeating a boulder, try out other betas and note which feel better or worse and for which reasons. Find the beta that utilizes the least amount of strength. You can also try to eliminate holds and see how that changes the dynamics of the route. And if you're really feeling funky, you can even incorporate the down climb in your repetition. So you climb up, down and start over without getting off the wall. This forces you to climb in a very economic fashion. Exercise 5. If you've ever been injured in one arm or hand, you've probably been forced to do this one. Repeat routes, but lose some limbs along the way. You want to find a route that you could flash and try it out without a left hand. If that works, try it out without the right hand. And after that, you can try without your left foot and eventually without your right foot. Having only three contact points on the wall instead of four creates a lot of insight into the function of footwork and weight distribution. And that's it for today. If you're going to train technique in one of your next sessions, be aware of these three points that we covered today. One, use the correct mental approach, conscious, calm, and goal-oriented. Two, be aware of your options, heel hook, bicycle, flagging, etc. And three, follow your intuition and try to flow through the route. Now, I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did researching, writing and recording it. You'll hear me next time. Stay strong and stay bold. If you want to support the podcast, you can follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other place so you can be up to date when I release a new episode. 
I'm also on Instagram at Bold Bouldering. Maybe I'll see you there.